Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this sick podcast. Another digital citizen. It's called Hi, I'm Fro. I'm the sick one. Uh, hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. I'm the al- mm-hmm. al- allergy one, allergic one. I'm the one with allergies. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. the one with allergies. I'm the one that will probably cough once or twice during this podcast. So if I don't remember to mute, that is why. Right, but not the kind of cough people might be thinking of, right? Well, uh, no, because I actually had a genuine... Uh, real corona test on Monday, so uh, after I had coughed, I, I'm much better today than I was right. e- even when I talked to you last time. I mean, both Saturday and Sunday I was sick. I mean, uh, I couldn't 100% Monday. tell how bad you were because you muted most of the times when you were coughing, so I only <laughs> I only occasionally even heard you cough, you know, so, because yeah, we're, yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, no, um, yeah, no, uh, it was super quick, uh, they came to my place, did it, they came and, like, uh, they had, like, uh, you know those, uh, scenes you see, see in those, like, monkeys bite and the virus goes amok movies, you see, when, when that happens? Sure. They have those hazmates, like, over their body and, like, here, we're going to take a test out of you. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I was relieved. I wasn't extremely worried. But it was more that, uh, yeah, I had coughed for so many days that I... How long did uh, it take to get the test back? Like, a day? It seemed like... Yeah, a- I took the test. Yeah, I took the test at 2 o'clock on... Monday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Monday was the one day I talked to you. And I got the test results back on Tuesday morning. So, like, almost less than a day, even. Less than 24 hours, at least, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. came back negative, and uh, that's good. I mean, you're, you're double-vaxxed anyways, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so it wouldn't have been as bad if you even had gotten it, but luckily you didn't. No, no. But you're still, uh, you know, it's the, this is the time of year that's cold and flu season, even if there wasn't corona around, so yeah, mm. you just got a, you know, a cold during the time you normally get colds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it, it was more bad the two days that I couldn't sleep because I was coughing. Yesterday I had at least coughed, uh, slept, I meant. So it was two days of, like, couldn't really sleep, so I slept at strange point of days. So yeah, oh, I'm I'm a little exhausted, so my level of energy will not be super high on this podcast. Uh, right. Yeah. So we'll give a little result in the TV round when I say, hey, "Oh, I've just seen one sh- one TV show this week." <laughs> it's like I haven't been awake. <laughs> well, that end there really wasn't all that much TV this week, right? So yeah, uh, true. yeah. yeah. True. Uh, I did something very funny today, though. What? I did the Undertaker thing on Netflix. Oh, did you? I didn't even know that was yeah. out. Did it just come out yeah. today? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. 
uh, I was on Netflix but, uh, last night and it didn't recommend it to me, but that doesn't mean anything with Netflix anymore. Like, who no. knows if it's going to recommend you th- things. Uh, thinking about it, the things that I watch on Netflix, just because it's more of a kid-oriented thing, I don't know if it would recommend it to me. But I watched all the Bear Grylls ones, so you'd think mm-hmm. maybe it would. Yeah, no, that was one of the first things I saw today when I logged in. Maybe it's, yeah, it probably came out on Wednesday, my time. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, talking about secrets that are very hard to keep. Uh, the Pandora Papers. Holy, holy moly. That is uh, something people are very into this week. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we're getting leaks upon leaks or... or- you know, uh, diff- we got this leak, and we had the uh, anonymous hack, the epics hack, what, last two weeks, and then we got mm-hmm. the other uh, Facebook thing we're going to talk about, and there's all these just leaks upon leaks happening, or different document drops, uh, and this is the biggest one ever, as we're to understand. Uh, mm-hmm. Secret wealth dealings of world leaders, politicians, and billionaires has exposed one of the biggest leaks in financial documents, some 35 current former leaders and some 300 public officials were featured in the files of the uh, papers dubbed the Pandora Papers, uh, revealing the King of Jordan secretly amassing 70 million pounds in UK and US property. They also show Tony Blair, former uh, UK Prime Minister, and his wife saved 312,000 in stamp duty when they bought the London office? I don't know what stamp duty is. Do you have any idea? What, it's got to be no a total British thing that we have. Yeah. Right. Uh, the couple... No at all. I'm guessing it's probably property tax or something in that? You know, Maybe. Because they're talking about buying property. So uh, the mm-hmm. couple bought an offshore firm that owned the building. Oh, I see. So they were using an offshore firm to buy the building, and that uh, that's how they saved. So they were doing like some money laundering stuff. Uh, the leak also linked uh, Vladimir Putin to secrets, uh, secret assets in Monaco, and so his Czech Prime Minister, uh, facing an election this year, failed to declare offshore investments in a company used to purchase two villas in the south of France. These are just some of the uh, things that are coming out of this. Those are just some of the bigger names, I guess. I mean, if you look down at this uh, graph we have here... Yeah, 14 you- sources... Yeah, eleven million files, almost three uh, uh, terabyte of data. That is a lot. Right. It, it, if you see like the uh, compared to the Panama Papers, which was like two point six terabytes, mm-hmm. this is you know three point three more, which is significant when you think about documents because like a. Mm-hmm. How much room does like a Word document take up? Not very much. That's a one uh, or point three terabytes of Word documents is a lot of Word documents, <laughs> mm. right? Yeah, no, it's it's been pretty huge news here here in Norway as well. Um, uh, not really anything about Norwegian people in the Panama Papers yet. But there was a new Norwegian paper that was like, oh, it's going to come out. So yeah, like 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 we said, there's so much data here that it it's yeah. just just like the Epic hack. It will take where a long time. It, yeah, it's more data than the Epic hack, which we're still getting information on that. We don't have anything about it mm-hmm. this week, but like, um, there's so much information to go through, and then try to like a lot of it is like connecting 
dots. So you find one person connected to another person and then another. So people are sitting there building like webs of people who are connected. I mean, it, that's the biggest revelation, I guess, of this whole thing. Uh, it says here, uh, one of the biggest revelations is how prominent and wealthy people have legally been setting up companies to secretly buy property in the UK. Some some of the documents reveal the owners of some of 95,000 offshore shore, uh, firms behind different purchases of property. So it, a lot of it, it has to do with like using shell companies to buy property and then using that to kind of like uh, using property as a way to store money instead of using a bank, if that makes sense. Mm. And then you don't have to, it, it's not like you're not getting taxed on it like it would be if you just had money in a bank. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's something. Uh, I don't know if you saw the thing that I sent you. Uh, I, I we talked about uh, uh, the princess of Dubai for the longest uh, time. Mm -hmm. uh, princess Haya. Uh, it says here Dubai ruler had ex-wife's phone call, call uh, phone act. Uh, the High Court has found that the ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed Al. Maktoum uh, interfered with British justice by ordering the hacking of the phone of his ex-wife, uh, Princess Haya of L Jordan. This is interesting because his daughter is the one that we have talked about many, many times. Uh, Princess uh, Latifa. Latifa. The one yes. that, like, escaped uh, capture is what she said, and then it was like, no, she didn't. Uh, the they said, but she sent this video to BBC being like, I'm stuck mm. in this cabin in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden we see her in Spain and we're like, how did she get to Spain all of a sudden? Is this real? What's happening? Um, and then we found yeah. out about what the CIA or was it the FBI? They said they accidentally gave her back to the, to the, mm. right. And it also says the court has also found proven allegations that they kidnapped and forced forcibly returned to Dubai two of his own daughters. Right, so he was behind quote-unquote tricking the U.S. government. I, we're not mm -hmm. sure if that's 100% true or not. Alleged, oh, yeah. Allegedly tricking. Allegedly. Right. <laughs> allegedly tricking, yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, Alright, back to the Pandora Papers before we yes. go off of that, because we kind of, that was a that article Fro just literally found just now, and uh, wasn't yep. on our run sheet or anything, so... <laughs> I mean, I even was, was like double checking to make sure that we had backup sources as we were doing that, but there is also an, a Guardian article besides the okay. one you sent me, so we're good. Um, one of the biggest, most interesting things about the Pandora Papers is the the most uh, uh, like cited place that was considered like a tax haven in the Pandora Papers. Do you know what it is? No. And you're not going to believe this. Well, mm -hmm. make I'll guess. What is the most tax haven place you can think of that would be uh, in this? Switz. Switzerland. Yes. Okay. How about South Dakota, Fro? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not really on my list, no. South Dakota and a handful of U.S. states are providing growing competition for places like the Bahama, the Cayman Islands, and Malta as a place for global uh, the global elites to hide capital uh, from creditors, tax collectors, and law enforcement, right. For some reason, South Dakota is, like, one of the top places that is being used as a tax haven, which people were like, what is going on here? 
Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> South Dakota. Yeah, no. That would be probably lowest on my list. It just, yeah, it just, I don't know. You, you don't think of it as, like, when, you, when I think of tax haven, I always think of small island nation that doesn't really have a whole lot of infrastructure, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Not South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I guess you could get a lot away with a lot there, though, because, like, it's so spread out, people aren't really close to each other. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not a lot of people talking. Do you think there's a lot of crickets in South Dakota? Not during the snowy season, but maybe not during the <laughs> summertime. Hey, remember when we said three, four weeks ago when it came out this report stating that the Havana syndrome was definitely not crickets? Do you remember that report? Look. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but I remember the original report when they came out and it said uh, that it was crickets. The mm-hmm. original Cuban attack were crickets. Right. I remember that, and right. we were like, crickets, huh? Okay. <laughs> and then they came out saying, huh, it's definitely not crickets. We were wrong. Well, guess what? Crickets are named... <laughs> I'm having flashbacks here. Crickets are named of the cause of the mysterious Savannah syndrome again? Well, not again, technically, uh, because this is the, from the same report we found out about originally, Fro. But for some okay. reason, the U.S. news, well, I'll get into it, most likely source of the mysterious Havana syndrome is, uh, is crickets, according to a declassified U.S. State Department report. The Jason Group, an independent organization of scientists that had, has been advising the U.S. government since the Cold War, had carried out a 2018 study, that's when we found out about it, uh, that mm-hmm. pointed out the source uh, of the mysterious syndrome. The report based on the study has now been dis- declassified and was obtained by BuzzFeed News on Thursday. Well, how did we know about it? Yeah, how did we know about because it? Because pe- it had already been reported in other newspapers in 2018. <laughs> So the, BuzzFeed somehow got their hands on something that had already been reported three years ago. <laughs> I don't know how they how they uh, hard hitting research they're doing over there at BuzzFeed News. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, also, the the independent in the UK. Well, they're they, they're reporting uh, what what's going. They're reporting what BuzzFeed reported. So right, the independent right. reserve. Uh, is reporting what the documents that were obtained by BuzzFeed. Uh, this report ruled out radio or microwave rep- weapons as being responsible for the buzzing sounds. One of the symptoms of the syndrome, and said to be the mo- most likely source, was the short-tailed Indian Indies short-tailed cricket. Sorry, uh, the report in quote says no possible signal source of energy, neither microwave nor sonic, can be produced. Both can produce both the recorded audio and video signals and the reported medical effects. We believe the recorded sounds are mechanical or biological in origin rather than any, rather than electronic, okay? Can I please fucking explain how that cricket survives in Germany? Okay, so here's... uh, (laughs) Here's what's being uh, discussed, is that... um, it's possible that this is all a... I think you even said it. Uh, placebo? Yeah. 
you said that a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. And not I did, it's yeah. not called a placebo. There's an actual name for it. Um Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's basically that all it, it's being hyped up throughout these um organizations, like specifically we were seeing a lot of it through the CIA that is mm-hmm. being hyped up through these organizations and people are believing they're getting these kind of um symptoms even though it's all in their head possibly like a lot of these people are constantly traveling they're jet lagged they're uh they don't necessarily have the best most stable sleeping habits and things like that um which can cause you cause things to happen i guess um so yeah it it what it's seeming like here is this is all in people's heads but that doesn't there's another option, I guess. The other option would be... Uh, obviously, it's not crickets be, uh, all around the world. Oh, yeah, maybe no, the no, Cuban no. thing was crickets. It's very possible maybe that was Could crickets. Yeah. But then all these people started to just believe in the uh, conspiracy that they're being attacked by the Russians with radio or microwave guns, right? And so now mm. people have it in their head that... It's kind of like the fentanyl thing, where... They hear it so many times, then all of a sudden it becomes true uh, in their head. Uh, and mm. it's crazy how our own heads can actually produce uh, medical symptoms just by us believing that we're sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, two, three years ago, there was this scientist program in Norway that served a bunch of youth uh, non-alcoholic beer and told them they had real beer and their symptoms of being drunk was the same if they had had beer oh really mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was all all in their head all was placebo right exactly so yeah that's the idea i guess another option is considering it's the cia maybe they needed Alive? something to scare people <laughs> and were like okay we've got this thing yeah. that now as we've heard, the media in America, at least, was blaming it on the Russians, right? It, it says mm. it was also believed that a powerful rival such, such as Russia has been mounting attacks on the U.S. using neurological devices. That was another option of, like, what was happening. Mm. Um, is it possible that the CIA is just pretending to be sick so that they can blame it on Russia? Right. Yeah, it could be. Could be, could be. Or just blame it on the commies in general, and that's why the first one would have happened in uh, Cuba, right? Yeah, yeah. I I find it very interesting, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't believe for one single second it is crickets. But that's, uh, that's me. I, uh, I don't believe it until it's 110% proven. I have more belief. I I definitely don't believe it's crickets all around the world. <laughs> what I do believe is possible is that the first it one, yeah. the first one could have been some type of crickets, or like they said, it could have been some kind of mechanical device, and these people uh, got sick or something from something else, and then they connected it to mm. that, and then all these other people heard this, <laughs> this you know, it's like the telephone game where like the they say, oh, he got, this guy got sick in Cuba. And then the next story is like, man, he got really sick in Cuba. And the next story is like, 
He's bleeding out of his ears, and there was pus coming out of his nose. His eyeball popped out of his head in Cuba, <laughs> right? It's like that's now the yeah, tele- and then eventually everybody hears about this horrible story, and then they start like uh, it gets in their own head, like you were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you uh, ready to talk about the n- most non-news of the week? Because it's not like we have known this for at least 10 years. Facebook, believe it or not, choose profit over public safety. What a fucking shock. A data scientist who revealed Sunday as a Facebook whistleblower says that whenever there was a conflict between good, the public good and what benefited the social media giant, it would choose its own interests. Okay. Uh, Francis... Hugan Hugan was identified in 60 Minutes Interview Sunday as the woman who anonymously filed complaints with federal law enforcement against Facebook. Uh, She worked for Google and Pinterest before joining Facebook in 2019 and said she had asked to work in an area of the company that fights misinformation Mm -hmm. since she had lost a friend to online conspiracies. Okay. They don't really go into detail, I guess, on that. That would be interesting to know what online conspiracies and sure. Mm. Um, Facebook over and over again has shown it chose profits over safety. She said uh, she's going to testify in Congress this week. She said Facebook prematurely turned off safeguards designed to thwart misinformation and rabble rousing after Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump last year, alleging that contributed. <laughs> oh, she's alleging that that contributed to the January 6th invasion of the Capitol. Mm. Um, did they just admit that they had a bunch of safeguards turned on just for the Trump mm-hmm. administration without... They did. Okay. They did. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think they meant mm. to <laughs> reveal that. Um, Oopsie. But I guess they didn't really. It was a whistleblower, so that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, most oh. uh, one of the main... Uh, I mean, there's a few different uh, things taken from this this leak but mostly the i guess the biggest thing is that they had data on how bad instagram is specifically for young girls and women right mm-hmm. um yeah they think of suicide more they uh, get uh, more problems with their weight and uh, they have more problems with uh, relating to other people it's it is very very interesting right um uh, an increase in eating disorders uh, and everything mm-hmm. else, and Facebook knew that, and they even had talks. Should we do anything about this? And then said, "No, hey, look, we're, they were we're not going making to making an own app for children." They were. T- they've been talking about that, right? The th- yes. the Instagram for little kids. Uh, I always thought Instagram was done, but I'm not a dumb. Uh, sorry, but I I'm not somebody who really likes to put. Uh, like, I don't like really taking photos. Like, I don't like taking family right. photos, you know what I mean? So, right. like, I could understand why people would like it who like to be photographed, because, you know, there's those people mm. that always want to be in the front of a camera. Um, mm-hmm. But playing on that uh, part of somebody, the part that just wants to be in front of the camera and just wants to be seen and wants to be the center of attention all the time, mm-hmm. that is a bad thing to play on. Uh, with somebody's emotions because that is connected directly back to somebody's ego. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so. Fun fact it took 
uh, over a year before I saw you. Your face. Uh, that probably sounds about right. <laughs> That's actually a hundred and ten percent true. <laughs> I think I actually it took over one and a half year, if I don't remember it incorrectly. Uh, but yeah, after this bomb of uh, whistleblower came out, I saw on on YouTube, like every right leaning. Uh, place on YouTube, yeah, Steven Crowder and things like that. I was like, oh, this this report is so important for us because they're trying to shut down uh, Facebook because it's the only place where we're allowed to to be against the government and we shouldn't trust this whistleblower because she's she has a, a democratic uh, a viewpoint of things. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you think this only hurts, like, right-leaning people on Facebook? Like, what? No, this it's hurts. The matter. I think what they're, uh, what they're talking about is in the past, I guess she has had stances, uh, being like full pro online censorship. And so they see right. that as like, oh, she. Then they just connect that directly to back. Is the only reason she's doing this is because she's for censorship. Even though mm. there probably is some moral reason reasons also where she went into this job and went, I'm doing something immoral. Do I need to like speak out about this? Um, right. But yeah, I I do think there is something to say about uh is. Is this kind of hurting the uh, online space? Um, probably. I think what should have happened a long time ago is things like Facebook should have probably been broken up in as a company. Mm. Into, like having it own Instagram and having it own all these online and having Google own all these also online spaces that are all under one giant umbrella company. Uh I think all those things should have been broken up into smaller companies at some point. Uh, yeah. I think proof of that is when Facebook goes down, a lot of other things goes down as well. Uh, things like uh, WhatsApp and Instagram also goes down. Uh, if their server first go down, everything goes down like it did this week. Because Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp... Uh are back online oh. after a massive global outage, plunging services and businesses uh, and people who rely on them into chaos for hours. Uh, the company apologized and said it's working to understand more about the cause. Uh, Facebook is already in the throes of a separate major crisis uh, because of whistleblower Francis Hugan. Hugain. Uh, Right, so the outage didn't exactly bolster Facebook's argument that its size, clout, provide important benefits <laughs> no. to the world. A London-based internet really. monitoring firm, uh, NetBlocks, noted that the company's plans to integrate the technology behind its platforms had raised concerns about the risk of such a move. While centralizing gives the company an uh, unified view of users' usage habits, uh, NetBlock mm. said it also makes services vulnerable to a single point of failure. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I think that's kind of like proven this week, and I think it was kind of funny that it happened right after this whistleblower 
uh, came out as well. And uh, uh, things like uh, shares, they plummeted after this happened, so... Oh, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. It says Facebook did not respond for a message for comment about the attack or a possibility of some type of malicious activity, uh, but they, I, I did see that they came out and said that uh, they, they, they're not to be worried that anybody's uh, information got hacked, that it was just an internal mm -hmm. server uh, error something that they they were changing at the time and it, it was like a cascading effect that took out their whole system but mm. that the the idea that it went down a lot of people were speculating when it was down oh is, does this have anything to do with the whistleblower it, it's very coincidental that she comes out and then very what next day day after uh the whole service goes down so maybe they were making some kind of changes in reaction to her, and that's what caused uh, the entire thing to go down. I mean, that's speculation, but I, I can see that being a thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's probably a speculation, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, we are going... One yeah. thing, it says it also shows, despite the presence of things like Twitter, Telegram, Signal, TikTok, Snapchat, and a bevy of other platforms, nothing can easily replace a social network that over the past 17 years has effect effectively evolved into a cri critical piece of infrastructure. Uh, yeah, so another question as to whether we should make these kind of things like a utility, like an infrastructure, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think it should be, but that's my personal opinion. Uh, funny enough, we'll talk about a little what Trun is going to talk uh, about later in the show. Um, because conservatives, uh, Republicans, are uh, has been leaked to rubbing shoulders with extremists in the uh, right-wing group. Uh, a leaked document, another one, like I was saying, lots of leaked documents lately, has revealed the mm -hmm. membership list of a secretive, uh, of the secretive Council of National Policy, showing how it provides opportunities for elite Republicans, wealthy entrepreneurs, and media, uh, oh, and pillars of conservative, conservative movements to rub shoulders with anti-abortion and anti-Islamic extremists. Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center which monitors right-wing hate groups, describes the CNP as a shadowy and intensely secretive group which has operated behind the scenes in efforts to build the conservative movement. The leak membership dates from September last year and reveals 40, uh, reveals the 40-year-old CNP to put influential uh, Trump administration figures along leaders of organized organizations that have been categorized as hate groups. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the document, which reveals email addresses, phone numbers of some of the members, uh, includes members of SPLC-listed hate groups, uh, such as uh, anti-Muslim hate groups, Frank Gafferty, the Center for Security Policy, Bridget Gabriel, uh, Act for America, LBGT hate groups. Um, mm -hmm. It also includes... Let's see... Tucker Carlson was on there. Mm. Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. Uh, mm. Jeremy Corsi, if you, you'll probably know him from Alex Jones' show, more than likely. Mm. Um, mm. And groups including James and 
Ampola Hansberger, uh, the legal immigrations for America. Okay. So a lot of just like anti, uh, immigration people and then very mm-hmm. mm, shady, uh, other people in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a legit question. Um, that Trona is going to talk uh, about later. If if conservatives have gone from being conservatives to being kind of right wing, and it seems like it, it's uh, it's definitely been taken over uh, the party with like representatives like Donald Trump uh, or uh, Taylor Green or things like that. They are at least the ones that we hear about in the public. Well, one thing about Trump is, like, he would not be in the public eye if people just stopped talking about him. Like, the media continues to talk about him because he's good ratings, and they know Mm -hmm. he's good ratings. If, like, the mainstream media didn't talk about Trump, would anybody even know he was still around? Probably not, to be honest. Probably not. Right. Uh, That's um, true. Members also listed on this uh, list of people who attended these... these, uh, gatherings, I guess we'll call them, uh, represented for major U.S. corporations such as Mike, Mark Johnson for Boeing, Jeffrey Coors from the Coors Brewing family, Leroy Miller, founder and chairman of Cinemark Holdings, Steve Forbes, founder of Forbes Media, and Scott Brown, vice president of Morgan Stanley, which is a bank. So. Isn't that a, oh, I was just going to say, isn't that the gun? I think it's an investment firm, actually, not a bank. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There you see. Uh, I don't know if you remember the song Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Uh, man dressed up as a ninja <laughs> attacked special operations soldiers in California. Uh, it seems unlikely, but it actually did happen. A man wearing full ninja garb attacked members of the U.S. Special <laughs> Operations Unit in the middle of the night in the California desert, uh, setting off a scramble for safety and resulting in two injuries, according to police records. The incident occurred at 1 a.m. on September 18th. Uh, the police got word of a sword-wielding man dressed as a ninja on the loose in... in- in an airport in Kern County, north of Los Angeles, Kern County Sheriff's deputies found the suspect had assaulted a victim at the scene with a sword and thrown a rock through a window, hitting an additional victim in the head. Uh, the incident report quickly drew attention on Instagram as the staff sergeant uh, was smoking smoking a late-night cigarette near the airport hangar when an unknown person wearing full ninja gar approached him and asked him a question. Uh, the man asked, do you know who I am? The sergeant said he did not know. Uh, the man asked, do you know where my family is? Uh, when the sergeant did not know, the person in the ninja guard began to slash at him with a katana sword. Uh, wow. The report states, adding that the sergeant's leg and phone was struck. Uh, the sergeant ran up a fence to reach the building where he joined others from his company. Uh, the captain locked the doors and called 911. Uh, the yeah. assailant tried to kick and punch windows. Uh, this is where he threw the rock through the window to try to get in, and he got away, but then it was eventually apprehended by police, uh, and they did identify him after he was... They, they had to use a taser on, on him to take him down, but... I'm going to guess he was on a lot of drugs. I was wondering that as well, or whether... So, or 
I don't know if it is because I. Is it possible that this is from a video game of some type? This, uh, the questions he asked doesn't that sound like it would be out of like dialogue from like maybe a ninja type video game walking up to somebody and saying, "Do you know who I am? Do you know mm. where my family is?" Doesn't that sound like mm. uh, what was it? Uh, something sixty four back in the day on YouTube. They used to go around and be like. Uh, pretend to be video game characters in real life. Do you remember that? What was that called? Uh, yeah. They would go around and do things like, uh, do you know what you're buying? Do you know what you're selling? They'd stand out in front of like a grocery <laughs> store and do that to random like... <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh, they, you, there was this YouTube channel back in the day that they would take... Uh -huh. They would act like... They would dress up like video game characters, alright? And then they'd right. go to like the mall... And then they would act out what the video game character would do in the video game, but to random strangers in real life. So that they would start asking the questions that the video game character would act, ask, okay. and then see how the person would react. Because in, like, in mm. real life, those kind of exchanges would make absolutely no sense. So it, it yeah. always ended up with funny reactions, yeah. Hmm. Hey Luke, have you ever felt lost in your life? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I walked uh, fourteen hours in the wilderness one day one one time. Fourteen hours in the wilderness. That was very very fun when I was sixteen. My mom didn't have a map or a compass. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. So mountain. actually lost. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Literally lost. Uh, I I I wonder. If you ever felt so uh, lost in your life that you start looking for yourself, because I think all human beings should look into themselves and try to find themselves, but maybe not literally. Uh, yeah, uh, a Turkish man uh, who was reported <laughs> missing after uh, he went drinking with friends in the forest in the town of Ingal, northwest Turkey, late Tuesday. His wife reported him missing after he did not return home. When she had heard, he had walked away from his friends while he was drunk. Uh, rescue teams were called in to find Mutlu. Mutlu? That sounds right. Who had gone to Mutlu. sleep in, in a house in a forest. Uh, uh, an online news site of, in, Turkish, uh, in Turkey reported on Friday. He came across members of a search party in the morning and decided to help them find the missing person. <laughs> He then realized he was the focus of the search when they began calling his name. After a while, <laughs> they said they were looking for Ben Bianhan. How do you say it? Bihan Mutla. Uh, I broke into a cold sweat when I heard my name. I told them I was I was him, but they continued to search. They didn't believe me. <laughs> the truth came out when my friend saw me. Uh, so yeah, he, he he was part of the search team for more than a half an hour. <laughs> Before he realized that he was searching for himself. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I have heard looking for yourself, but uh, maybe not literally. Maybe not literally at all. But yeah, now, like we talked about, uh, the leaks uh, has probably been in uh, Trond's mind this uh, week as well. Because he is going to tell the uh, truth. Conservatives aren't really conservatives. This is Tron with Tron of the Truth. I don't know 
how people can be conservatives anymore. I don't. That's not maybe because the conser- I don't really debate where the conservative ideas are bad or good or anything else. But how can you call yourself a conservative when you're not a conservative? Well, I'm going to explain you why. When Trump said all the shit he did about women, about disabled people, and so on and so on, conservatives still backed him. If you had any conservative moral, you would not go along with this. You would not go along with a shit he did. You wouldn't go along with what Colorado did against, against John McCain in the early 2000s. But you did. You're still supporting people who have no moral at all. No moral. When I grew up, I knew conservatives around me. Yes, they were strict, believed in God, some of them really. Like, you have to work hard for your money, save money, and blah, 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 blah. You all that conservative bullshit you think is going to get you to heaven. But, again, they had some moral. I don't agree with them on a lot of politics issue, but I can respect them. Many of today's conservatives, going from the 70s, 80s and up, I do not respect. When they say to me they are conservative, it's like, means nothing. Oh, what you're really for. You're for things, you're against things when other people are doing it. Not when yourself are doing it. I don't remember when Clinton was getting blown by Monica Lewinsky. The conservatives were outraged. They want to put him on trial. Trump has been put on trial nearly two times. The conservatives, people who call them conservatives, are voting against it. Yes, they don't want him on trial. They don't give a shit what the self are doing. It's all about what the other people are doing. It's incredible. If you're okay with Trump, you and you believe conservatives and about values, family values, and sanctity of marriage and Christianity and all that shit. You don't are really conservative. You just hate every other people who don't see the world through your lens. Yeah, you are a fucking moron. But you're not conservative. Mitt Romney, I do not agree with. I don't. I didn't agree with John McCain either. But they have the moral standards. They can call themselves conservatives. The rest of your shitheads cannot. Well, who am I to judge? I'm a radical leftist. And you can call me that all you want because I'm proud of it. It was people who I support who brought opportunities to people. The unions, the weekend, the normal wage we can live on. Not conservatives. They always have been and always be working for the upper class. The great lie conservatives always tell you is if you work hard, you can become as them. But if you're going to become as them, that means they will get less money. And people who has a lot of money is one thing in, com- one thing in common. They will not share it with anyone else. This is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Have a fucking nice day. Thank you for uh, that, Turun, as always. I think you have a point. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of understand his point. Uh, I think I got a little lost in his analogies in the middle there somewhere, but I, I get sure. what he's saying. Mm-hmm. 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 
Uh, TV, you've seen more than me since I've been coffee cough. Right, I should start. Uh, did you see Jaguar? I did. Jaguar. Jaguar? Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> um, depending on yeah. where you're from, I think. I, I recommended you this, but I didn't talk about it on last week. Right, I was going to say, I could have sworn you saw this, and I don't remember you talking mm -hmm. about it. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. It's a show about a woman who is a vigilante out for justice mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, it's in the, what, the, I think it said the early 1960s is what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, it's right after the war. Right, and uh, she is has infiltrated a group of Nazis who escaped from Germany into uh, France, I want to say? Yeah, or Argentina, I think maybe it says. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, just so I don't get that wrong. Well, they fled the country, nonetheless. We'll just mm -hmm. we'll, they fled the country. There is this group, and she has infiltrated them already, but then gets mm -hmm. uh, this gr other group who are Nazi hunters. They're already on to these guys, and they don't want her to kind of, like, ruin the plan that they have to take them down, uh, mm -hmm. which she's trying to just kill the one guy, and they want to take them all out, because uh, she just wants to go out after the one dude who killed her father, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I thought this was very fun. I, it's, uh, at the very beginning, I was like, I, when I went into it, I guess I didn't re read anything into it, and I was like, why are we in... Why are we all of a sudden in the time of the Nazis? And I was like, this. I thought this was supposed to be about like uh, spies during the '60s, and mm. and I was like, okay, well, this is all like after the war and everything. Mm. Okay, but there are still Nazis around. That makes sense. All right. Yeah, I thought it was good. What do you think? Yeah, no, this is uh, one of the like best surprises. Uh, I haven't. I forgot it last week uh, for some reason, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I I had very much fun on, uh, watching all of this. Uh, also, it helped being six episodes uh, long, so it's not like very hard to get through. Sure. Uh, yeah, um, I give it a seven, I think. Yeah, I would give it a seven and a half. Uh, should I do something else? Yeah, let's do something else. Uh, I saw Backyard Blowout on Peacock. I think came out okay. this week, or it could have come out last week. Uh, okay. It's a show like any other kind of uh, home renovation show, right? Um, mm -hmm. Except it's specifically, obviously, designed for families. Because the way that they set it up is, well, number one, obviously, by the name, you can tell they don't actually renovate the house. It's just the backyard. Um... And instead of it being, it's these two hosts, and instead of it being them with, like, their team renovating the backyard, they take mm -hmm. the family, the parents leave the house, and then the kids, however many kids there are in the family, are the ones who get to design the backyard how they want it, or how they think their parents want it, want it I guess. Um, and then the kids actually physically help build the thing, and it feels very almost mm, Nickelodeon at that point, where it's like... You know that Disney Channel thing where it's like, oh, the kids are helping out and they're doing they're doing everything, even though it's clear like 
they probably shot five minutes of them picking up stuff and then they brought in this crew of people uh, off camera you know what i mean um but yeah, it was interesting in the in the sense that it's very much different than any other home renovation show I've seen because it's not really for like um, the same demographic that a lot of those shows are for. This is more for like a family. A, you sit down with like your whole family and watch it. So I don't know. I'd give it maybe a four. Talking about uh, watching something with your family. <clears throat> Escape the Undertaker. Woody! Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you decide what happens. Do you know what? I love this. I am a gullible, gullible person. The humor in this is very funny. Uh, the New Day very much fits into this. Uh, I will give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, just, just because I think it's... It's one of one of the better like interactive things you can do with kids, and it's uh, like it's a little scary. So it's for, I would say, twelve, twelve to sixteen somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of re- wrestling demographic right now, especially yeah. for WWE. Yeah. Uh. But not for AEW is not pulling in those same demographics. No. Uh, which I watched something from AEW this week called, well, I think it's from AEW, but it's on TNT, which are on this, but it's starring Cody Rhodes. It's called Rhodes on Top. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. No. I I didn't know it was a thing till last night. Uh, did you? Okay. There's a reality no. show, a Cody Rhodes and his wife reality show, where it's the behind oh the God. scenes of them running AEW while she's also pregnant. So it's like they're mm. about to have a kid. They're trying to build this company and go against WWE. And it's like him. She's part of the management of the company as well. So it's her dealing with mm-hmm. like the talent and him dealing with talent at the same time, trying to like keep their lives together while having a baby. Um... I liked it just because it was AEW. Cody Rhodes is very entertaining in this. I she His wife is very entertaining in this. The whole family is kind of... It seems like there's some type of dysfunction between the two families, her family and the Rhodes family. A lot of it has to do with like her taking the name Rhodes when she wrestled. Like A few of the mm-hmm. family members on the other side thought that was a little disrespectful to do right after he had just died or whatever. Even though... She had gotten permission from Dusty to use the name or whatever. So the, it, there's some drama happening in this reality show, I guess, is my point. If you like drama mm. in your reality show, it's not just all wrestling. Um, yeah, the one problem is the editing. They edited this show together like, I don't know, a five-year-old. It's like there's no <laughs> cohesiveness. It's like jump from one place to another, and then you're in this other place, and it's like they don't really <laughs> flow the storyline well well enough together. But there's two episodes out right now, maybe three of it by the time you hear this. Uh, but I'd recommend you check it out, Fro. I give it a 5.5. I'd say it's just above average. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I watched something called Bad Sport on Netflix. Okay. It's a doc- documentary series about people doing uh, crime in sports. It's, uh, I think it's six episodes, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> came out today. Um, 
Uh, first episode was about this basketball game where in Arizona in 1994, where when uh, one of the players like bet on themselves and yeah, it's very intriguing because it's kind of like about sports and crime at the same time and they have done some like smart things. This is by the same creators that like uh, made Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, so okay. You know, you know they're good with their like crime things. Right. Um, I will say it's a little more boring than than that sh- uh, show, but I-, I really liked how they crossed things with uh, each other and and yeah, if you have at all a little like in- interest of sport and crime. I really do recommend it, but I don't give it more than six and a half. Okay. Uh, very standard documentary. Something else that was very standard, I guess. Outgrown. Um, I guess there was okay. a show called The Boise Boys, Boise Boys on HGTV okay. that I'd never seen, but they made a never spin-off of. kind of of it. Uh, it's got these two guys, Luke and Clint. All right, and they they so they already had a show, and they made a spinoff, and it's also starring the same two guys. So you know they have chemistry as like a duo, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't give them a spinoff, and I think they do mm-hmm. as hosts for like one of these renovate home renovation shows. These two guys were better than most hosts I see for these, especially the guy Clint. He's very entertaining. Uh, for just being a random construction worker, that he's supposed to be the builder, and then Luke, the other guy, is supposed to be the what do you call it, designer, uh, interior designer, and then the other guy is the architect, I guess. Uh, well, not architect, uh, builder. Um, and so uh, they, but this one, they don't just go and like design a house for somebody. They go there, and it's always a family that's getting too big for their house. So the one episode, it's like this tiny tiny what 700 square foot house and they they have like three kids and so they're all like barely fit in this house and so it's like what's the best way to make more space for the cheapest amount of money uh to increase the amount of uh sanity for these parents because their children are just like driving them crazy basically is the point of the show uh yeah, it's one of these. Mm. It's it's kind of standard, but I really like the hosts. So, uh, um, for that reason, I'm gonna give it a five, right in the middle. Sounds interesting. Uh, I haven't watched anything else but Made. Okay, so the last thing I saw besides Made was FBI International. Yeah, I saw that last week. <laughs> so good. Um, what the hell happened in the last? Five minutes of the show, because I never, I didn't, I've never seen any of the other FBI shows before. Okay, bro. And all of a sudden, at the end of the show, they're in a hospital, and there's this character I've never seen before. Can you explain that to me? You know, do you know the scene I'm talking about, or I, I do know about that scene. Yes. So That's from is that a character from? FBI. Okay. Yes. From the original series, and this is mm-hmm. a spinoff mm-hmm. of the series FBI. As somebody who'd never seen the other series, I, I had, I, it was like right after a commercial break. And so it like went to black and it came back and there's this whole other character. And so I like, I'm rewinding to be like, is this the same show? 
Did it like get edited together wrong and they put in this yeah. whole other television program in here? I was so confused by that. Um, I could see why. <laughs> other than that, it was a terrible show. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's very show. formulaic, very American uh, propaganda, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting is all very bad. There's one scene where they're like staring at the. This, at, it seems like this series is going to lo- uh, d- focus a lot on child trafficking, at least from the episode mm-hmm. I saw. Um, and the scenes where they're like staring at the wall of women and, and <laughs> they kind of have to go through each character and do a different like reason that they're coming, reason that they're doing what they're doing as an FBI agent. And it's like, mm, shouldn't the reason be that that's just your job to like solve crimes that's like like, it's your job so do it (laughs) you don't need some like deep moral position on things to do your job all right yeah let's talk about maids luke i think maybe you like this a tiny bit more than me but i thought this was very standard uh netflix show that kind of felt on netflixy yeah this felt like uh I think I think it was made of uh, Lionscape, if I don't remember a hundred and ten percent incorrectly. Lionscape. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I think yeah. Because so. that, thats what I said to you. Is I thought it felt very movie esque yeah. instead of being. It, I, when you say it's not Netflix like, it's also mm. not very network TV like. I wouldn't say it's no. like. Uh, it's nothing like. Sh- I wouldn't say it's like HBO like or Hulu like, oh. but yeah, it's more like. cinematic and things and that i Mm -hmm. like about it the cinematography the acting is all very good the problem is that the story Mm. itself it's like i feel like i've seen this same story about 40 times you know what i mean just the story the story is that the parent who uh has to leave their home because they're you know in some type of uh, abusive relationship whether it be the husband the wife a parent a step parent you know name what whatever relative and they have to leave and go out on their own like how many times have you seen that story done uh a lot i guess so i mean it, this one is done very well it's just not very original is my problem with it mm, i don't think it's done well either to be honest i didn't like the actors in this either I think that's most, I think, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really believe the story. So I didn't really engage with the the actors either. I guess I could believe the story because that's something I can see happening in America. Uh, True. Right. And so I I definitely have, uh, I I would say I I shed a tear at one point even. Uh, I think the part where... The guy crashes into her car. That's the part where it's like, oh, wow, she yeah, is that, down bad, yeah, hard yeah, right yeah. now. Like, holy crap. Like, I feel for mm-hmm. her. And, like, And so at least they did a good enough job to make me feel something, right? Uh, and so I'll give them that. I gave it a 6.5. Yeah, I gave it a 4.5. I don't, two points down for me? That seems a b- bit... Well, I guess, I mean, yeah, you didn't... I, I wasn't expecting you to go that low, though. Below a 5? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. I didn't. I really didn't like it. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about something we really, really did like. And can I 
ask the audience, don't send us any messages about this because it's hard enough to keep away from spoilers from this show. Right. Uh, we started watching Squid Game three weeks ago, and it was not... Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I guess we decided to do it a month ago. Mm -hmm. Like, before we yeah. actually even started doing it, we were like, oh, that looks good. Um, and now that it's become, like, a phenomenon across the world, and people are making video game, Like, actually making Roblox games and lots of different, like, memes about it and different, like... Um, YouTube videos talking about it and discussing things about it and it's really hard to like not get spoiled by the show right now because it's everywhere, right? Mm. It's impossible. I mean, have you been spoiled yet? I haven't been. I've been lucky though. I know one spoiler and I'm not going to tell you. Right, okay. Like, mm. the, there was a PewDiePie video about it, there was a Memeless video about it, uh, a Penguin... There was a Charlie Penguin's video about it or i think he did two about it even and it's like i just ha i haven't watched those but what's cool that i thought about is like right after we get done in a few weeks watching the show <laughs> i'm gonna have a ton of youtube content <laughs> that's just sitting there that i haven't watched you know i'm just gonna look up squid game on youtube and just watch through a whole bunch of videos so that'll be fun uh but uh, what is this third episode all about well let's do the news first because uh oh yeah that's true there's a lot going on here. First of all, it came out that the creator of Squid Game had to stop writing his script uh, at the time because he had to sell his laptop for $675. Uh, mm -hmm. He had to... He was struggling to pay off debts. Uh, and now, obviously, he's doing fair, fairly well. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, Netflix picked up the show two years ago and it's been subtitled in 31 languages and dubbed in 13 and its platform top oh it's the platform's top show in more than 90 countries with about 95 percent of the viewers uh being outside of north korea uh it's number one of mm. course in the u.s at least it was last night when i was on there i'm it's sure it still number is one in norway yeah um it's it's become a cult cultural phenomenon for sure uh to the point, even in South Korea, it, we're seeing now a South Korean internet provider is suing Netflix, uh, <laughs> suing Netflix for the cost incurred from having to increase internet traffic and uh, maintaining their internet provider, uh, like their servers, uh, following the premiere of the uh, of Squid Game. So, like, they weren't ready for the amount of people to be streaming this all at once through their provider. Uh, and so they're like, w we need somebody to pay for this. <laughs> mm. That's pretty wild. You know, I I uh, I think it is one of the best Netflix shows I've seen in quite a while, at least as uh, much as we have seen. So it says, according to the documents, Netflix. Uh, must pay SK Broadband an es estimated two point seven billion. Uh, one or 2.9 million in network usage fees for two, 2000 a streaming giant has appealed and there will be new proceedings to take place in December okay so that's interesting uh, this is causing a lot more th was it this week that somebody else wanted to get it taken down off of Netflix who was yeah, it yeah 
Yeah. I think it was the production company from South Korea that originally mm-hmm. uh, put it out was wanted more money, and so they were threatening to have it taken down off Netflix, um, yeah. which would have sucked for us because we're right in the middle of oh, it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we were even talking about it on Saturday when we were watching something else together. Uh, that uh, we had to binge it very fast if that happened. Right, exactly. Well, if we found out that that was going to happen, yeah. Yeah. All right, but let's talk about episode three. Uh, what is um, it all about? A man with the umbrella. A few players enter the next round, which promises equal doses of sweet and deadly with hidden advantages. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Jun Ho sneaks his way inside. Right, he's the reporter who has snuck in as one of the guards, which has become mm-hmm. kind of a very interesting story. Uh, very. After he had to take his mask off, right? Or no, the, that mm-hmm. was the other guy. That was the son of one of the dudes took his mask off, and then they ended up having to kill him, which that makes mm-hmm. it interesting because we also know that there's this uh, reporter that if, if his identity does get revealed, then he's going to die also. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's more stakes... Uh, for that whole story. Uh, yeah, I, I like the show also because we're able to just sit there, me and Fro, when we're watching it and kind of like guess what's happening. Like with the whole sugar thing, they show mm-hmm. them like stirring these big pots and for like, I don't know, 10 minutes we were just sitting there guessing like, oh, what was that? What kind, Could it have mm-hmm. been like acid? Could it have been... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had all these guesses of what it could have been and we weren't even close really, so... Yeah, and uh, I think it's the first time we see uh, someone from our group trying to screw up uh, for each other by not warning him not to take the umbrella. So that was also interesting. I think that probably will come into the later games because now he knows that he can't trust him. I think that, yeah... um... I mean, does he 100% know he can't trust him? Not really, but he he definitely has a f- mm, thought yeah, in his 90. mind, like, maybe I shouldn't. Oh, yeah. Right. Because um, it did seem like right as he's walking away to go pick the shape, he was like, mm. he stopped him, and then it was like, oh, nothing. Nothing. Or no, no, no right. nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also we had uh, one of the main girls going into the vents, and that is when we saw that. So we also have that relationship. And sh- the other girl got shot this episode, right? The lady with the hair? No, the lady with, with the, the hair, hair, remember she had the lighter, and so she was able to... Oh yeah, she had the lighter, right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right, yeah. So both of them, yeah. So there are also like factions inside of this show that I am interested in. Uh, I give it this episode a 9. Uh... Yeah, I give this episode a 9 also. It was good. Uh, some TV news. Uh, Alex Jones uh, just lost two Sandy Hook cases. Good. Uh, in a rarity in the legal world, Jones and Infowars uh, failed to produce discovery records. Uh, Infowars host Alex Jones has lost two uh, lawsuits filed against him by relatives of victims of the Sandy Hook shooting after he routinely failed to comply with requests to produce documents related to his involvement in spreading lies about the deadly shooting. In filings, Gable eviscerated Jones 
and reasoned that default judgment should be ordered because of an escalating series of judicial admonishments, monetary penalties, and non-dispotive act, act oh sanctions have all been ineffective in deterring the abu abuse abuse caused by Jones unwilling to turn over the documents. So mm. he didn't. They didn't actually find him I, guilty. I oh, that was Alex Jones. Uh. <laughs> they didn't actually find him guilty. Hello, Alex. Right. I scrolled down on the article and it just auto played the video, which is really stupid. Like it was playing the video uh, on mute, and then right oh there it did it again. Um. Yeah, they didn't actually find him guilty of anything. They found he. What is it? What did they say? It's uh, a default judgment uh, in the case because mm -hmm. he didn't. He chose to not give over court ordered. Uh, comply with court orders, and so they just automatically found him guilty. Um, my guess is that he did this because whatever is in those documents would probably make it worse for him than mm -hmm. just not giving them over at all. <laughs> and then yeah. he's just going to take the take the judgment and be like, okay, well, n but I'm not incriminating myself in other ways, possibly. I think you're 110% correct about that. Right. That's especially what I believe. Uh, you know more blurred lines, don't you? Sure, yeah. It, I remember, well, I, I, I'm i not a big Robin Thicke fan, but I remember him Me doing neither. it at uh, the Super Bowl one year, right? Da 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 blurred lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the standouts from that, uh, her name is Emily, and you can say her last name, Tionte. Ratajowski. Ooh. Well, I've heard her, <laughs> I've heard, because she's famous, I've heard her name pronounced plenty of times, so. <laughs> That's actually impressed me. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, accused him of grabbing her breasts during that <laughs> taking during the music video filming, right. Um, yeah. It says, she. this is a quote from her, out of nowhere I felt coolness and foreign, oh, a foreignness of a stranger's hand cupping my bare breast from behind, and I extinct, extinctively moved away, looking back at Robin Thicke. He smiled a goofy grin and stumbled backwards, uh, his eyes concealed behind his sunglasses. Okay, so... Uh, Neither star has acknowledged the allegations uh, as of now, so, like, to any reporters. Yeah. So we don't really know what's going to happen out of this, uh, but she definitely Probably has acknowledged. I, I don't know. He always seemed like kind of a creep to me, but that's just me. Oh, yeah. That's uh, entirely true. Right. This is kind of a dog the bounty hunter situation where you find out he's racist. You're like, oh, that guy, <laughs> that dude's a creep? I couldn't have guessed that. <laughs> No shit, Sherlock. Uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle is not a creep, uh, as as no. far as we know. Uh, one of the most famous comedians on earth is bringing another comedy special to Netflix. The Closer, as it is being mm -hmm. called, is a stand-up special to be released October 5th, which was yesterday. So I'll probably be watching it tonight unless, yeah. Unless mm -hmm. what? Unless you want to watch it. <laughs> oh, I definitely want to watch this. So we could watch it this weekend. With uh, oh, I could watch it with you, maybe. I would love to watch this with you. Okay, cool. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm super interested in this. 
all of uh, the other ones have been amazing. I'm also interested in the drama because remember all the all the people trying to cancel Chappelle after his last stand-up special, and it just mm -hmm. he's uncancelable. So yeah. I mean, the last one was so fucking amazingly funny, though. Yeah, totally. It just people don't. You can't make jokes anymore without people getting offended at certain things. Like everybody's gonna. Somebody's always going to find something offensive. I mean, that's always been true. It's just more true now that they can all get on Twitter and go after people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it called Sticks and Stones or something? The last one? Uh, that was, was one that? of them, but I don't know if that was yeah. the last one or not. And then there was the one that was... I wouldn't call it technically a special, but the one that was like... Uh, oh, yeah. Eight minutes, 41 seconds, eight, I think it was called. Yeah. yeah. That was really good. That was that. a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah, a little more yeah. heartfelt that one, or a, li a little less comedy, maybe even. That's why I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a stand-up special, but it was really good. Another digital citizen on Facebook, as long as we want to, I guess. I mean, even if I get rid of my Facebook, I'll probably leave the the another digital citizen Facebook up there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at podcast ADC at podcast ADC and our email address is another digital citizen at gmail.com. I did it backwards this time. Okay. Uh, movie news. Uh, not really movie news. Well, Brittany was in a movie one time. Oh, such a good movie as well. Yeah, it was great. Um, Brittany Spears, thanks. Hashtag Britney supporters uh, after her father's suspension as her conservator, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Free Britney worked, everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Spears uh, is thanking hashtag Free Britney movement following the suspension of Jamie Spears as the conservator of her estate. It moved. Uh, it's a move which Britney herself has requested in court and one that her legions of followers have demanded in protest for many years. In the message directed to supporters, Brittany said, I have no words because you guys are, and your constant resilience in freeing me from my conservatorship. My life is now in that direction. I cried for two hours, oh, last night for two hours because my fans are the best and I know it. Uh, I feel your hearts and you feel mine. That much I know is true. And then she punctuated it with many heart emojis. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I that is so incredibly cool that it finally is over. It is, uh, it's one of the the best things the internet has done in quite a while. Um, Brittany said in the control he had to hurt his own daughter, he loved it. I worked seven days a week. It was like. Sex trafficking, Brittany said. She added, my dad and anyone involved in the conservatorship, including my management, they should be in jail. Uh, Jamie's attorney has maintained that he has faithfully and loyally served in his role. Um, right, this this has been kind of how the Alex Jones thing happened, is that he refused to give over um, financial documents to the judge to prove that he, what he, he was using her money correctly. Uh, and because mm. of that, he decided they decided for the to drop the conservatorship because he refused to give over those documents. Which my guess is would have they, they would have made him look worse than if he would than he he's just to drop it. And that's I think he did the Alex Jones move, the Alex Jones 
pl- uh, legal tactic of just not giving over any of the documents. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, because he. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm very proud of the internet for once. Uh, what what is new about the Scarlett Johansson situation? Disney and Scarlett Johansson settle explosive Black Widow lawsuit. If you remember, she wanted more money because they weren't paying her for pl- uh, the amount of time, the amount of money that she was originally would have got before the pandemic if the movie had gone to theaters instead of going to streaming services. Um, right, it says. Uh, for, Johansson says, I'm happy we have resolved our differences with Disney. I'm incredibly proud the team we've done done together over the work we've done together over the years. And I greatly enjoy my creative relationship with the team. Okay. Um, Disney countered that Johansson was paid 20 million. Does it say anywhere here? Like, yeah, it, it seems like we don't know exactly how much they settled for, but. It's all no, settled. We will never know. We will never know. Yeah. I'm not surprised, I guess. Hey, Shakira uh, says her hips lies. Uh, do you think she lied uh, this time? Uh, I don't think so, because it seems like wild boars in Europe is like a big problem, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> like, they're mm-hmm. not even just uh, where Shakira uh, had her purse stolen. Um... Uh, We've we've ta- we've done stor- multiple stories in the past of boars attacking yeah. people. One specifically, a, wasn't it a naked guy on like a nude mm-hmm. beach? And, nude beach, yep. And it stole a boar stole his laptop, and he ended up running mm-hmm. naked after this boar to get his laptop back. The uh, pop star Shakira said she was attacked by a pair of wild boars who stole her bag as well in Barcelona. Uh, she shared the news of the incident in a series of videos posted Wednesday on her Instagram stories. The videos are no longer online. Um, the incident happened while her, she was with her eight-year-old son. She did not provide further details where the incident took place, according to the newspaper. So, uh, yeah, but I'm seeing like this has been like, a, or we're seeing that this is a pretty big problem. Uh, Boars like specifically trying to like attack people. I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Here's a article from September 23rd. Sighting of boars trotting along the streets in Rome have become commonplace, uh, and that but they actually invaded a mayoral race uh, mm-hmm. in Rome, uh, ta- like causing them to stop the mayoral race. Uh, and then there's debates in France um, of how to kill off many wild boars because there's just have they're having too many problems. Uh, so mm-hmm. all around. Europe, they're having problems with these wild boars and f- trying to figure out how should we get... There's like a debate of how how should we get rid of them. There's some people that are obviously for capturing and releasing and other like outside of town and other people for killing them, so this is an interesting story. Uh, I've seen some movies. Uh, let's start with a musical. Uh, Netflix musical uh, about Diana's life. Uh, Princess uh, of Wales. Uh, this has gotten miserable reviews all over uh, the world. Okay. So I'm I'm very happy to say that I loved every fucking minute of it. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> right. So I dig the music. I 
dig everything about this. Uh, it, the Guardian said it was a royal debacle, so bad that it will have you hyperventilating because it's so bad and you are laughing too much. Um, but yeah, no, I very much liked it. I, I, I don't know what it is with me that likes sometimes bad, bad things. But you you're you're going to say what the fuck are you doing, bro? Because I'm I'm actually going to give it an eight uh, out of ten, uh, maybe eight point five actually. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it were, all, the music was cool, uh, the acting was pretty good, uh, and I think it was one of the better musicals I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, I saw Snake Eyes. Uh, the G.I. <laughs> Joe, Joe yeah. karate movie. I really do feel like they just, they had a script, they had a script for like a kung fu film and they just had it lying around and they were like, it's not that great of a script. It's like, pre- it's a decent script. We bought it. So mm-hmm. like, we should do something with it. Uh, what if we mm-hmm. just slap G.I. Joe on there and just change some of the character names? <laughs> Cause That's like exactly what I did. What the fuck did this have to do with GI Joe? Except for the fact that Absolutely there was like a few nothing. characters in it that were GI Joe characters. Like mo- I would say, thirty percent of the characters in this were GI Joe characters, and the rest mm. were like random yeah. gangsters, Nobody's. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I said this when it came out, and I watched it. Like I really don't understand the point behind this at all, other than like driving out money. Well, I think what they're tr- their idea is to do the same thing that kind of uh, Avengers did, where they like make a movie about each of the individual characters. So then maybe mm. the next movie would have been uh, Commander Joe himself, like the main GI Joe. Sure. And then the next one might have been a bad guy one. Maybe it would have been I don't know one of the main bad guys from a version of GI Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you build up the characters, and then then you do, like, a big G.I. Joe movie that's kind of like Endgame, where everything, you know what I mean? So it's like building a franchise. I think that's probably what they were trying to do. I don't know. Do you think? Mm. Yeah. But I mean, did you like the movie, though? It's not good, is it? Uh, well, no. I said it wasn't. It's just a medium-grade karate movie. It's, like, not a G.I. <laughs> Joe film. Um, right. But that's what I definitely think they were trying to do is build like a G.I. Joe cinematic universe. Uh, oh, that's so funny that I say that. Uh, last night I was watching. What was I watching on? I was watching something and dis- I got a Discovery Plus uh, commercial for like their app. And mm. the way they promoted Discovery Plus on the app was uh, the 90 day cinematic universe. Like it's like a. The 90-day CU. The 90-CU. I thought it was such a weird way to talk about 90-Day Fiancé. But there are lots of different 90-Day shows or whatever. But the 90-Day Cinematic Universe? I don't think... I think you're taking it a little over the top there, guys. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but Snake Eyes, I gave a 3.5. You know, pretty bad. Mm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, probably I would have given this a better rating if they just would have called it... Uh, kung fu movie with a guy named Snake. 
<laughs> right? And then I would have been like, oh, that was a pretty good kung fu movie. But as a G.I. Joe movie, I go, that's not good. This is not a G.I. Joe movie. Oh, I remember the original G.I. Joe movie. Such a good movie. No, it wasn't. Uh, there's someone inside your house. Uh, look. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, that is also a title of a movie I've seen this week. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? Ah! Uh, it's a sh- slasher movie on Netflix. Came out today. Oh, yesterday. okay. Cool. V- extremely fun. Extremely uh, much blood. Um, it reminded me extremely much of a cross between uh, Scream and... And uh, that uh, uh, 1981 movie, 84 movie that we saw. Remember that? The 1984 uh, movie? Like where it was different dates. Dates. Oh, that. The, the Netflix yeah. thing where it was three right. movies that were all in a different date. Right. Yeah. And the fir- fir- Fear- first of the... Fear Street. Fear Street, yes. Yeah. So it's a combination of Fair Street and Scream. Uh, I'm very much liked it. Seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I saw the Forever Purge. Um, mm. It is. Is this? Did they say this was going to be the last movie or no? No. Because it, I don't know. At the Spoilers. end of it, I was like, "This <laughs> feels like this is going to be the last movie." Yes. Like, how do you go into a new movie after this? Absolutely no fucking clue. And that's what I liked about it. Oh, I, I've got an idea. Here's how I guess you could do it. You go to okay. another country, and you do it mm. in another country. Mm. The Canadian Purge, we call it. Or Canadian Purge. <laughs> it's like purge. the nicest purge ever. <laughs> nicest purge I'm gonna ki- I'm going to kill you, eh? Eh? <laughs> Is that okay, eh? <laughs> Why on? Oh, no, we don't need to be killing each other, eh? Let's just go down to Timmy's and get some coffee, eh? You'd be like, this is not a great horror movie, but sure, it's all right. Here's the marble syrup, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. uh, but yeah, uh, spoilers for a movie that's been out for quite a while. But uh, I do agree, them like uh, burning the United States more or less down and like having them escape but that, that's one of the algorithms that I very much liked about this movie. It was like the escape part from the States to Mexico. That is so fitting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that never was really addressed in any of the other movies. Is like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't people just go to Canada or go to Mexico right. for like the day and then come back? Well, there would be like, right. you would think there would be a mass exodus like the week before the purge happened, but. Um, right. I guess the original Purge movie was always about, like, they're in, like, not a great part of town. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then there's another family who's, like, the really rich family. And it's, like, comparing the two, comparing and contrasting how a lower-class family and an upper-class family would deal with the Purge. That was, like, the Mm -hmm. social commentary of the original movie. Um, Yeah. And they've gotten away from that a bit, but this definitely was more of a social commentary on, like, the current state of, like, left-right yep. politics and then immigration, mostly. Um, yeah, and in that way, I think it, it did what a lot of Purge movies... I think this was a better Purge movie than the last one, which I remember oh, hating. Definitely. So, overall, I give this an 8. Mm-hmm. 
I really like this. Yeah. Uh, the last movie that I saw without you was uh, a little unknown movie called uh, The Night House. What? Uh, the Night House. Okay. Uh, this is a horror movie uh, about a widow that begins to discover her recently disposed uh, husband's very, very disturbing secrets in this house uh, that uh, he made especially for her. Right, okay. Uh, this is R-rated. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Uh, not as bad and that I was faring, but not as good as I was hoping. But still very watchable. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you give it a a number? Sorry. Yeah, 6.5. Okay. Last thing we saw was The Guilty. We saw this the together. Guilty. On Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, right? And Jake Gyllenhaal. And also Jake Gyllenhaal. It had a bunch of other people in it, didn't it? Uh... Yeah, yeah, as voices it, it did. But, uh, I mean, we saw mostly Jake Gyllenhaal. Right, it definitely was focused on like just the one area, mostly, yeah. for sure. Uh, it's about. But yeah, we have voices of Ethan Hawke and people like that. So, right. Yeah, I, there was like if you look at it, there it seems like there's a lot more people in it than there, than it is. But it definitely mm-hmm. is focused mostly on Jake Gyllenhaal. It, it's about a a guy. What do you call him? An operator, a nine one one operator, or like a, a distress call operator who hears like. Uh, he hears a call and something goes wrong, right? But then he calls back and the person denies anything happened? That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. then it, he goes to his superior and is like, we need to do something about this. And they're like, if they didn't call, if they said they didn't want help, we can't do anything. Right? And so, but then he kind of obsesses about it, I guess is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it goes from there. And it's, uh, I would call it a m- murder mystery to, to a degree. Murder mystery crime, yeah. Right. I Thriller. This, it's got a little thriller aspects to it. This uh, reminded of both of Phone Booth. And not in a bad way, because we both like Phone Booth. But yeah, very much similar as it is to Phone Booth in many ways. Well, yeah, because it's like you're, he's stuck in this one place and he can't move and he's on the phone. And... Right. Uh, He's trying to solve this crime, but he can't go anywhere, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so in that way, the storylines are very similar. And I think at the time, people really didn't like Phone Booth because it was billed as, like, this huge action movie, and then when you watched it, it was just a guy in a phone booth. Like, so people got mad mostly about that movie because they saw the trailer, and then that didn't, like, equate to what the f- film was. But I remember that film just as a, in a storyline perspective being very interesting. And I think that's the same here. This isn't going to be like a super action movie or anything, but the suspense is going to keep you on your toes. And the acting is very good, so I gave it a, I don't know, a 7? I would give it an 8. Okay. I really liked that, yeah. Uh, I saw this was actually based on a Nordic movie, so I really want to see the original movie now. Right, that sounds interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, hey, you like Jesus, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Love yeah. Jesus. Good front. Good fan. Big fan. Big fan. Big, big fan. <laughs> Worship him and adore him. Uh, let's see uh, the trailer for the music of Jesus. The Jesus music. I think music is the most powerful language in the world. I've never shared this with anybody. To see the richness of hope land upon someone's spirit via... The very controversial documentary, should I say. I don't understand it. Right, Look, Very controversial. Well, yeah, even in the Facebook comments, people were arguing, so... <laughs> really? Yeah, on what the definition of Jesus music is. Because, oh. like, some people, like, consider just the hymns, like, the stuff, only the church songs. Those are, that's Jesus music, and any of this stuff is, like, not. It's, like, I don't know, something else. Well, a very famous Christian said that you should never join a church with a drum sets. That was his definition. If the, if the church had a drum set, there were devil worship groups. Strider. <laughs> so, I remember people... I knew that had Strider t-shirts when I was a kid that like, you knew they were like the Jesus kid, you know what I mean? In like middle school, that one kid who like, that's all he ever talked about was God. I mean, this day still, I still listen to a group called Hillsong, have you heard about them? Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. I couldn't name a song, but... I still listen to Hillsong music. Didn't they say that a second ago? And, or maybe I... Amy Grant. I know A.B. Grant for sure. Because I was like, she was super famous in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Amy Grant was like mainstream, not just like, oh, that Hillsong, right there on the right. Yeah, there we was. Uh, so they're in the movie. Yeah. Maybe one of the biggest groups. I've never shared this with anybody. Would you change anything? Let's not forget, music is God's idea. I think music is the most powerful universe God? in the world. You get a lot of codas in this music. Documentary. Me to do some courageous things. Touches the soul like somebody talking to you can. And you can do all that in three and a half minutes. Okay. Okay. Uh, experience the soundtrack of the movement. So look, what is this clearly Oscar-nominated movie all about? Right. Yeah. They're definitely. This is. Gonna go up for best doc. Um, <laughs> the Jesus music. <laughs> Sorry. Was yes. during songs of faith, love, and hope. Jesus music uh, arises in America's 1960s counterculture movement to become a worldwide phenomena. 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.4. Uh, out of five on Facebook, ninety-five percent of Google users liked it. They sure did because I didn't find one single bad Google review. Like everyone was like five or four stars. Oh really? Well, I was on the Facebook where they they still got four point four out of five. So yeah, not a lot there either. Um, let's see. I got one that doesn't recommend though, and this is what I was talking about. Uh, Gary says doesn't recommend he doesn't recommend Jesus music. Uh, call it what it is, CCM, not Jesus music. 
And he went into a whole, like, diatribe about this in a bunch of other people's posts that were saying they liked mm. it. This guy, Gary. Uh, CCM apparently is contemporary con- uh, Chris- contemporary Christian music. Uh, and Jesus music, to him, is, like I said, the hymns. And this stuff is just, like, the pop version of cr- Christian music or something. I don't know. He was like, no, only Jesus music is the, is the stuff you, that you is in... Uh, that you sing in church, right? Suzette mm. uh, said, I like the history of Jesus' music and how uh, the singers shared their life. Enjoyable to revisit the history of some amazing groundbreaking musical artists. Good balance of old footage and current interviews. Five stars. Uh, Terry Carey. I wonder if that's a real name, Terry Carey, or not. Um, Terry Carey recommends it and says, really enjoyed this movie. Lots of insights from the group we have seen in the past as well as many that are still going strong today. Highly recommend it. Uh, but Raymond Cave says, totally fake, not about Jesus or religion, more about (laughs) Americanism. (laughs) Fake news. Fake news. Oh, Sandy S. uh, gave it one star on Rotten Tomatoes at... Too much talking and very little actual music. Uh, yeah, well, they'd have to pay, like, a lot of rights fees, probably, if they had to do that. This is probably the best uh, movie review I've ever seen. Thomas Parrott recommends Jesus Music and says, period XMZEE.4 N dot 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 X dot X dot Z B4 dot 5. So... Mm-hmm. Definitely a good recommend there. I I agree to that. Uh, <laughs> coming out this week, uh, the many saints of New York. I really want to see this. Uh, it has come out. I just haven't had the time. All right. All these uh, movies have and, come out. Yeah. Yeah. Young Antonio Soprano is growing up in one of the most templeless areas of New York history. Uh, becoming the man uh, just as a rival gangster to rise up and challenge all-powerful Demio crime family caught up in the changing times uh, Changing times is uncle idol there's Dickie Maltini who influence over his nephew will help to shape him in pressure teenager into the all-powerful mob boss Tony Prado. This has gotten 6.5 out of 10 on um, IMDb, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Metacritic, and 67% of Google users like this. They have gotten the son of Gandolfino, Michael Gandolfino, to play in it, with a lot of people that you will know, like uh, Vera Fermargo and Raylo Lita and things like that. Right. Uh, Adam's Family 2, hoping to get closer to the family, Gomez, Morticia, and the rest of the Adams can embark, uh, oh, clan, the rest of the Adams clan embark on an adventurous road trip in a hideous and humongous camper. Okay. So it's like a road trip movie, but with the Adams Family? Interesting. Okay. Uh, Titan, uh, Titan is a body horror movie. Oh, cool. Uh, written and directed by Julia Dugmont, 
Uh, it stars Agneta Rosal as Alex, a woman who is after being injured in a car accident as a child, has titanium plate fitted into her head. Vincent Ladon, Morel something, and someone else is in it. It's a French movie, I'm going to guess. Um, 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, 74 Percent on Wiki, no on on Metacritic. Sorry, fifty six percent only. Wow, that's slow. Oh, if Google users like this movie. Uh, falling for F- Figaro, six point one. Oh, a brilliant young fund manager leaves her unfulfilling job and long term boyfriend to chase her long lifelong dream of becoming an opera singer she meets a fellow opera student while training and what begins as a rivalry develops into something more 6.1 out of 10 on imdb 60 percent on rotten tomatoes 81 percent of google users liked it directed by ben lewin uh i'm not seeing a whole lot of people i know hugh skinner daniel danielle mcdonald oh i know this lady what is she from what is she from? Oh, she's from Abfab, the smoking lady from Absolutely Fabulous. Ah. She's in it. Her name is uh, Jonah jo- Joanne Lumley. Stop and Go is a comedy. Uh, 5.7 on out of 10 on IMDb. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.7 out of 5 on Movie Insider. 85% of Google users like this movie. It is with... Whitney Call, I remember her, and Mallory Everton. It's as sisters Blake and Jamie's big plans to come to a screeching halt when they are forced to rescue their grandmother and her beloved dog from a nursing home. They soon embark on a cross-country race against time while conceding and deranged dog breeder, a highly incorporated nine-year-old, and a clueless Romero. Okay. Sounds fun. Uh, old Henry, a quiet man and his son, take in a wounded stranger near his homestead along with a bag full of cash. The stranger claims he's a sheriff being pursued by outlaws, but the man cannot be sure. Uh, starring Tim Blake Nelson, Stephen Dorff, Trace Atkins. That's random. Ooh, that's uh, random. 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 67% on Metacritic. I guess, I mean, it is a Western... So I guess that's why Trace Atkins is it, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what movie do you want to see? I guess the Many Saints of Newark. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, that seems like it's probably going to be the best out of all these for sure. I want to see Titane as well, even with a weird Google user. For a review on it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm not that interested. Uh, coming next week, news news of the week, TV and movies of the week, another digital review of No Time to Die. It sounds like a James Bond. Yeah, it must be James Bond. It is. Uh, Squid Game Episode 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Round. Hey, guess what? There's another leak this week. <laughs> right, yes. Is it me, or do we need... Do you, uh, do you remember the fairy tale of the Dutch boy? 
I don't know. What? What? Which one? So there, there's this fairy tale of this bo- Dutch boy that has, uh, and there's a leak in the uh, well uh, where he lives, and he has to like keep the uh, break, uh, like keep the water from falling into his town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> there's a this week. Twitch, <laughs> Twitch leak. Uh, source codes mm-hmm. and payouts among. Is among the data in a 128 gigabyte uh, torrent release. An anonymous hacker claims to have leaked the entirety of Twitch, including its source code and user payout information. Uh, posted a torrent link to 4chan on Wednesday, stating the leak was intended to foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming space because their community is disgusting. Because their community is a disgusting, toxic cesspool. Um. Yeah, this has been verified, and it's uh, Twitch has come out and say said that they have confirmed that a breach has taken place. Our teams are working with urgency to understand the extent of this. We will update with update the community as soon as additional information is available. Uh, internally, Twitch is aware of the breach of the source said so. Yeah, uh, the highest is critical. I'm not so super surprised by that. The highest, the highest. You didn't say what the highest what. A payout. Right. Exactly. Uh, then you have XQC. Uh, then you have Summit on the third. I'm not super surprised by that. Ludwig is number six. Okay. Uh, Amaranth. Someone. Yeah, Amaranth. Is on there. Uh. She gets paid a lot less than a lot. How does XQC make so much? I guess because he's just on like all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Kiff is on there uh, at number, what, eight? Um, Did you hear that he broke up with Maya? Really? No, I didn't hear that. No, they walked away from each other. Uh, I don't think it's going to have a huge effect on his him well i guess unless it's like a really bad breakup yeah as long as it's like a mutual thing i think they'll be okay because uh the both of them will go off and do their own thing because she already has her own channel it's not like they both are going to be fighting over the one channel or anything so ninja is at 46 but isn't he like just on a whole other thing now a whole other uh He's never almost there. Right, he's got his own, uh, his own thing going on. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a, little, a lot of money. So from August uh, nineteen to October twenty twenty one, I mean, critical with or nine point six million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and some of these people that are making tons and tons of money I've never even heard of, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Play, for example? That's the one I was looking at, and then the one above it, Altor. I've never heard of either of these people. All the ones above that, pretty much, I've heard of. Yeah, Yeah, Tim DeColman. Tifu, Summit1G. These are all, like, very Mm. famous streamers but then like some of these ones here i'm like i mean that's the that's just it the internet is such a huge space that like Mm -hmm. uh sometimes you just 
uh, never hear of certain people, even though they're super well known. You just ne- you never come across them, which is just the mm. nature of the internet, I guess. Um, yeah, that's big. I'm not sure what is all going to come out of this, other than just another leak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, this is. I'm sure it will surprise some people the amount of money they earn for from just Twitch, because you have to remember this is not the donations. This is nothing else. This is just Twitch. Right, in between August 2019 and October 2021. So it's over quite a right. bit of time, but yeah. Um, over, a, over well over a year worth of data there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, R- Rogan. Is it true Rogan's not number one on Spotify anymore? I heard some rumors about that, yeah. Uh, and did you hear who... No, is number one. That he was, no, I just heard that like he lost his his uh, his place. I didn't hear who. It what was. I heard is it's Carl from Mr. Beast. Okay, I love that even more than. Uh, yeah. I hope that's true. It says, "Banter Snap with Carl Jacobs has taken over the charts." Uh, I, I mean. That's so weird to think about, but I mean, Mr. Beast and those guys, they are really, really popular. Oh, so big. But like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, who's listening to that podcast? I've never even heard of it. No clue. No fucking clue. I mean, they've, they've got they've got a built-in very young audience. And Carl, mm. I, I think he's a Twitch streamer who mostly does Minecraft stuff. <laughs> so maybe he's talking about Minecraft things and stuff like that, mm. which I guess people... If you want to follow up on, like, updates and things like that, maybe that's what it's all about. A lot of Nico Avocado uh, drama this week. Oh, right. How did I not have any of that on my sheet? That was, like, a huge thing with him and multiple people, but mostly critical, really. Yeah. Or penguins, as... uh, Nico always call him. Well, he's got so many names. I, I like. I I've know. even heard him say like he doesn't really mind people calling him either critical or Charlie or calling him penguins or uh, moist. Even like he's got so many different mm. nicknames at this point. Like you can call him a lot of things and have it be correct. I think. Mm-hmm. Moist critical. Mm. Uh, yeah. So the whole thing was he was criticizing Nikado. Well. He was worried about it. Seemed like Nikado Avocado's current health. health because he was posting videos saying that he was he had broken his ribs because of his weight mm. and that he has was having trouble breathing and he was posting things with like a CPAP mask which like helps you breathe when you're sleeping but I guess it could help you breathe anytime really right mm. right so uh, and it was. He was saying, like, I'm not doing well because of this and blaming his audience. And then he came back and said, oh, you're shaming me. You're shaming me because I'm overweight and saying I shouldn't shouldn't even be alive and all this stuff. I don't know. What do you think about the whole drama? Is it... I think there's something to say that, like, mm, is there a time and a place to criticize somebody for overeating like that? I mean, as a fat man, I I 
get called out on it many times. I do think that people that are fat are aware of it. But I think that Nick is so denying it that it's actually good for him. Well, I think the other thing is that he's... It's not just a normal situation of like a friend being going to somebody and being like, "Hey, uh, you're eating too much or something." He's be- he's profiting financially off of overeating. So there's like this True. weird incentive for him to mm. keep eating because if he doesn't, he loses money, he loses subscribers. Like it, that's the big question I think that Critical brought up that it's kind of getting buried by Nick like going off on all these tangents about uh, him worried about him being sick. It's like, I don't want to be, uh, Nick, Nick Akato Avocado's dad. You know, I, it's not my job to tell him what to eat and what not to eat or how to make money. Mm. You know, if he, if that's what he wants to do, whatever. But I, there's an issue here where he's being incentivized by the YouTube algorithm to keep eating and it's not necessarily mm. even his choice right in that in that way and so like I think the bigger mm. question is is that bad to have it be incentivized and I I don't want I love watching people do eating videos I I watch them all the time like mm. I beard meets food that guy's hilarious I, I watch his v- videos just because he's a funny dude not even for the eating most of the time mm. uh, so I don't want those videos to go away I don't want eating yeah, videos. No. To go. I don't think that's bad. I just think in certain cases, maybe uh, it can go too far for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, a, maybe it's dangerous trend is what I would call it. Well, I don't think it's always... I think it's a case-by-case basis. I think it's the same thing as we talked last week with family channels. It's like not all of them are abusing their mm. kids, but sometimes it goes too far, right? So, Had you heard about Headway before? How do you spell that? Uh, H-E-A-D-Way, Headway. I don't think so. Uh, Swell Entertainment has a very good uh, video about them. Oh, yeah. QB of, of book apps. I didn't watch that Never. last night. I saw it, I saw it, I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, uh, never ever heard about this, so it was very very interesting for me. Uh, yeah, I really, really recommend you watch that. Um, uh, remember a few, I want to say a month, month and a half ago, I was like talking to you in the Jeremy round. It was like, have you been paying attention to what Russell Brand's been doing? And we mm-hmm. like kind of went through his thing, and we were kind of like, huh? He went from being like this religious kind of. He's now he's doing kind of like weird, the uh, anti almost anti-vax but not really stuff. Uh, yeah, he he uh, well first he was an atheist, then he became a Christian. Now, well, I wouldn't call it a, we we said not really a Christian but like spiritual journey of some type because mm-hmm. it was more like uh, the, uh, meditation and like this more like uh, new agey religion stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which. A lot of those new agey religion people are are anti-vax, so I can understand why people would take it that way. Um, and he's talking about a lot of things like uh, 
the Wuhan lab and things like that. And we were kind of like worried about, I, I, the reason I brought it up is I was worried about him because we saw him go into this religious phase and now he's mm -hmm. going into like this, uh, this seem like some, uh, not necessarily anti-vax, but that he was leaning in that direction slightly with some of his videos. And so I came at it from a point of concern because seeing him go through these changes uh, and going on that trajectory in that direction maybe made me go, okay, well, he shouldn't go in that direction. That's probably bad. So, uh, but Twitter basically went complete ape shit on him this week. Uh, here's a, a tweet. I would welcome Russell Brand to the QAnon cult, but let's be honest, he's been embodying, embodying their extremist mentality for years. It's just that his narcissism finally took over his drive to help other, over, uh, his drive to help others, and I'm sad about it. Uh, somebody saying, damn, I didn't realize Russell Brand had fallen on such hard times financially, and it shows, like, all of his videos, like we had talked about, like just showing his feed and how uh, it is talking all about the vaccine and things like that. Uh, talking about the Russian collusion and people were really a bad about mad about him talking about Trump Russia. It says here mm -hmm. from Seth Abramson, who was actually a blue check. He says, I've been interviewed by Russell Brand. I think Brand is generally smart, smart and well attended intended, but I'm also certain that the sum total of his knowledge about tr Trump Russia scandal is dog shit. All that happened here is that Glenn Greenwald found another mark for his disinformation. Uh, so, yeah, once he started talking about Russiagate, they got really mad at him and they started calling him alt-right. And now he's part of QAnon and all. Uh, and they got they went back through his stuff and he's done interviews with people like Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and stuff. And so they're like, oh, he's allowing these racist people to or whatever all right people to be on a show so that makes him all you know how those kind of people like mm. um yeah so he they they were tr full-on trying to cancel russell brand this week uh basically for the reason that we were talking about but we didn't want to cancel him we just at least for me no. i don't know about you fro i was just concerned about the direction his yeah. uh content was going in yeah weird more of a place um, of concern just because of the religious things he's also going through, yeah. One of the most funny things was called ones buying every ad they saw on Facebook. That was a very funny video. I think they used like $10,000. Really? <laughs> a lot of, yes, it was a lot of products. Uh, one, one of the uh, most funny moments, though, was when he tried to hit on the chat lady. That was kind of funny. Uh, oh, yeah. And <laughs> I think those guys do a great job. Every video is, like, mm -hmm. super high quality. And I guess that's probably why they put out, like, one video a month. Because mm -hmm. they they really... I, I mean, they must do fairly well on the videos uh, and maybe the merch. Uh, to just I mean, I guess cert some people do just upload one a month. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like they put a lot of work into theirs. Definitely. What else do we have? Uh, Silent Library on H3 happened. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, very funny segment. Uh, how do you say it? Sustreming. Uh, 
I, as soon as I saw them pull that out, I was like, did they realize they're going to stink up, like, the entire building for, like, the next week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then they're, like, rubbing the juice on, like, different things, and I'm like, you're never going to get the smell out. What are you doing? Uh, as someone that has tasted Sustrumming, I, I can say it tastes pretty delicious. They didn't seem to think so. Uh, no. But I guess probably it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's not a podcast either. Doing Silent Library. Oh, they I, need to stop saying podcast. It annoys the fuck out of me. Well, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts <laughs> nowadays that are called podcasts that don't really yeah. follow the same, the correct, uh, not correct, but just like, you should be able to listen to it on headphones and have it still be relevant, at least to a degree when you're listening to it, not just have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Silent Library is literally them having to be quiet. So it's like the reverse of something you could listen to on headphones well. Like the exact opposite of what would be a headphone type show. So in that sense, yeah, that's very opposite of being a podcast in my mind. I guess there probably is people who disagree with me. But like, mm, I don't know. Uh, I still enjoyed it. It It's still fun though. Uh, I guess the last thing I was going to say is like, I had this high school teacher when I was a kid and he told me this interesting story. And for some reason, I totally had the memory of it this week. And I was like, I should say that on the show. There was this, he was a brand new high school teacher. The guy was probably 25. You know what I mean? Like he had just Mm -hmm. got out of college and done like the amount of stuff you need to do to become like an actual teacher, which I think you have to do like a certain amount of hours of, um, substitute teaching before you can actually be a legitimate teacher so he'd gone through all that stuff and he'd moved up to oregon from california where in oregon fro it rains a lot more than in california let me say that so Mm -hmm. he comes into uh, class one day and he sits down on his desk and he just looks at us and goes we're not doing anything for class today i just want to tell you a story and he told us an hour-long story about how he just moved in this new place and he bought a new couch for his new house after he got a job and he had an old couch from college so he had brought up from California to Oregon and he put it out uh, in the yard you know you just put a sign on it it says free couch or whatever for people to just pick it up um, and not realizing in Oregon it rains all the time the couch was just left sitting there in the front yard until the point that uh, and he just kind of like, okay, I, I give up. Like, he, so nobody's going to take this wet couch, but I don't want to have to deal with it. So he mm-hmm. left it there for days and days and days. And the thing just filled up with water slowly, slowly, slowly to the point where he brought six of his friends over and none of them could pick the couch up because it was just filled, sopping wet with water. <laughs> okay. And so in the end of this story, like it was a very long story. So I'm, I'm, prefacing it but basically what it came down to is he was like don't procrastinate on things and i always remember being like that was a that teacher was awesome because he was just sat down and taught us an actual life lesson and that really doesn't happen very much in american schools uh you're you're just taking tests and shit and i remembered that and i was like man that's awesome that that actually happened to me in my life where I actually had like a really good teacher. Uh, mm. Yeah, I thought that was a good good story. Don't procrastinate. I agree, and don't uh, leak things. Or actually, you should. Yeah, go ahead and leak things. We're fine with that. 
<laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to leak that this episode is over. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. Another di- another digital another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 Citizen.